This is 12 Questions with Anna Valenzuela. Uh, today I am interviewing Keith Carey. He is our first non 12 step person, he's 12 step adjacent. And it's a really funny interview start to finish. I really enjoyed it. Um, also, Roast Battle coming up December 1st, me against April Lotshaw. Very fun. Um, and I have 13 years clean this week. That was really fun. That was on the 18th. Um, I should have released this episode on the 18th. That would have been more symbolic, but I've uh, been struggling with a little procrastination, guys. Struggling with that. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm uh, so grateful, so excited. Uh, definitely got the birthday blues this year. Don't know why. Lots of change in my life, but it's been really exciting and Anyway, let's let's do this. Let's do this episode. You're gonna love it. Okay. Hi, this is Twelve Questions. Hi. Hi, and I'm interviewing <laughs> Keith Carey. You're my first like not in a fellowship person, right? Your yeah, fellowship yeah. adjacent. Yeah, I'm not sober, but I'm yeah. also not, I don't have a problem. That's yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, Which I realized anybody who doesn't know me probably sounds like I have a problem. <laughs> like, like I'm not dumb. Like I know, I, I know that everybody's like, yeah, I'm fine. I just like doing all the cocaine. And yeah, then, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. You know, yeah, yeah. like that. I'm fine. Where are my teeth? Everything is spiders. <laughs> <laughs> but you have an interesting story. We share kind of a common theme of why the comedy store feels like a comfortable place for both of us because it <laughs> smells looks and acts like mom yeah it's drunk it's drunk and full of cigarette smoke and regrets exactly so yeah exactly feels like home so um i wanted to kind of talk to you about like the experience of growing up with the nightmare family that you did yeah and like how you are with that let's do it let's do it because i know you talk a lot about it on stage i do yeah i so. i very early on doing comedy like I knew it. I knew I had like a weapon kind of in my like back right. pocket. Cause I'm like most people don't have this experience, so I have something to pull from. Totally. Uh, and what's funny actually is I don't know if I'm. Forgive me if I'm pushing past your no, questions or whatever. Do it. Like I did it for a while, and then I stopped doing it because I felt like there's something deeper that I haven't quite figured out how to turn into a joke yet about it. Does that yeah. make sense? Like I sort of. Yes. I was doing real surface level stuff with it, and then I was like, I don't necessarily want to do that. I want to find like the bigger right. bit before I. Uh, Which I feel like you found. Like you yeah, got some, some really good stuff. Yeah. And I, in fact, I came to you with sort of a same, a question about that. Cause I have like two barely jokes about yeah. my mom and you had encouraged me early on. I was like, oh, I'm never going to do that joke again. And you were like, no, just shelf it until yeah. you're strong enough to deal with it. Totally. And, um, and now it kind of works. Yeah. And know? it'll, and it'll only get easier to do that. Cause you, when you bring shit like this up, like any like dark subject matter, but especially I've noticed like drug stuff, people will be on board with me, like racism stuff and like weird rape jokes. But then as soon as I get into like my mom had a problem, they get real tight because they don't know how to feel. and They don't know if you're OK. Yeah, so they want to love you. One, yeah. And one, exactly. Kind of like if you're doing well, it's almost worse. Like it's harder. <laughs> to say. Like if you're bombing, they're like, oh, I'm glad bad things happen to you, fatty. But but uh, but the, the longer you do comedy for, the easier it is for you to get an audience to just sort of mellow out and roll with you on dark shit anyway. Yeah. So it's easier to just not have to worry about it so much and be able to just do the bit. Right. Like confidently. So that's why it was an excellent bit that you have. And the more you do it and the longer you hold on to it, the better it's going to get. 
Two-person circle jerk. All yeah. right. Um, okay, so do you want to like describe sort of the the, the Keith Carey um, childhood? I will. So the Keith Carey childhood is very confusing, and I think that you'll understand this uh, because you've been around so so many people, and you also have had this like in your own life. Yeah. It wasn't always like a straight line, like, oh, it was just always a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It would be like everything would be fucked for six months. And then for a year, we'd be fine and have a house. And we were like, okay. And then everything would be fucked again for like two years. And then we'd be fine for six months. It would be so up and down. Like, she would constantly like start and stop using. Right. And on top of that, my mom, uh, she didn't have like a specific thing. Because sometimes it was just booze. Sometimes it was heroin. Uh, sometimes it was meth. Uh, for a little bit, it was crack, which was Ooh. a fun experience. I didn't even know she was smoking crack until she quit smoking crack. Like, <laughs> like had quit for a while. And then I was like, is that why you were fucking being weird? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly the house was real clean, but only for three feet of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like she got lazy. <laughs> it's true. Crack runs out fast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew gets shit done. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> This is an efficient drive. Like, I, this is going to sound bad on this podcast. I kind of wish I could do math because it seems like I'd be more efficient. <laughs> I understand that. I understand yeah. that. There was a time where they, um, I have adult ADHD, uh-huh. and uh, there was a minute where, you know, with the guidance of my sponsor and my doctor, and, you know, they were like, explore, you know, working on this adult ADHD shit and there was a minute where they put me on a medication that made me jump up in the middle of the night and scream at my ex who used to slam speed like in the back of his knee on a Greyhound bus like he was a dirty gutter punk addict and I I like jumped up and I was like how did you do this for fun I hate this I want off this roller coaster he's like all right we're gonna go to Denny's you need food (laughs) go to Denny's so, um, yeah, it was uh, never my thing, but mm. I kind of wish that was something that would work. But at the same time, it de- I know anything for me. I mean, you saw me smoke an e-cigarette till I throw up. I sure did. I can't. <laughs> I can't do anything. Yeah, you can't hang with a vape. I don't no. think you can. Mm-mm. No, smoking meth wouldn't have been my deal either. No, not so, so much. Um, when did you kind of figure out? that this this is the first question when did you figure out that the start stop cycle wasn't normal like when did you look around you were like this shit isn't right probably when i was about eight so like when i was when i was like super young like i you don't as a kid necessarily have a frame of reference for like what is and isn't normal right Mm because you're surrounded by a certain thing you're like oh this is just what every kid's life is you know and then when i was like i think i was seven and a half like end of being seven uh, somehow my dad, who lives in Seattle, got involved. And basically I went up to go visit, quote unquote. Uh, I got up there and then it was like, surprise, we're taking custody. And it was like a whole legal thing where they were Whoa. like, yeah, I got snatched. Uh, and it was, I mean, my dad is a good, my dad is a good person. He's, uh, he's a fucking weirdo, but he's a good person. It's weird that I, I've only lived with him for like a year of my life total, mm-hmm. but I got so much of my personality from him. It's really? very weird, yeah. Um... But yeah, but that was kind of a thing. And that was sort of when just in being like, you know, I'm getting interviewed by lawyers and shit. I'm, you know, going through court and stuff. I started to kind of put it together. And I was right at the age where I think you start to be able to understand things like that a little bit. Uh, So that's like the first time I remember knowing it was weird and kind of and not just knowing that like our life was weird. Because I kind of had an idea like always that like Mm -hmm. things were a little fucked. 
But that was like what I knew, like, oh, the, it's whatever drugs he is. I didn't quite understand, but I understood that that was the problem. Right. You know what I mean? And then it's from there, like when I got back home and everything got weird again, that was when I really started to figure it out. Okay. Yeah. What did you get from your dad? I, uh, all my Twitches. Uh, <laughs> those are, my dad has the same exact Twitches that really? I do. Mm-hmm. Does he have a diagnosis for it or anything? Uh, or just... I don't know. I think he's just a, he's a fucking weird curmudgeon. He lives in the mountains. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he does. He lives in. Did you ever watch that? Show? Did you ever watch that show, uh, Northern Exposure? Yes. The town where they filmed that is where my dad lives. Dear God, uh, it's called Roslyn, Washington. Yeah. It is the home of nothing. Uh, <laughs> but no, he's cool. He owns a lot of lizards. He's in a band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he owns a lot of lizards. Yeah, they were lizard folk. Um, but I, he, like, I get a lot of my sense of humor from. My, I get stuff from my mom too. But like, mm-hmm. I, I really clung on to a lot of stuff. I think I also, gee, this is going to go into weird tangents. Uh, I know. That's what I want. Okay, good. I just want to make sure you don't need yeah. to stay on topic. I've had a lot, I've had like a, a series of fake dads and, yeah. re, and real dad who wasn't around all that much. So I've noticed that I've taken like little pieces of like all the fake dads and kind of amassed like what my personality is, I think, based out of that. Okay. With just my mom's layer of subtle hatred for everything. <laughs> <laughs> you once told me... Um, about this is not in a, this should be a question we're making this whatever a question you want we, to you, we don't got to worry about numbers here baby yeah exactly we got this we're all we easy this. we're just friends we were just friends talking in the kitchen until you push that button don't make it weird that's true that's very this. true we got this it is, okay this thing. is car talk in the kitchen car talk in the kitchen with a uh, microphone okay yeah it's weird. So you're yeah. Now it's weird. Now <laughs> story of my life. Anna makes it weird. That's actually we could just steal that from. Yeah, fuck from you, Pete Holmes. Holmes. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> but uh, you once told me about your mom, uh, like you guys cooping her up in a room. Oh yeah. After like a detox or something. Yeah. So this was. I, bear with me because for a lot of these things where I'm telling stories it's right. hard for me to find all the details just because my life is kind of, is a very convoluted web of like yeah. where I lived and what was happening Totes. but it was something to the degree of like so I have two little brothers uh, and she was super fucked up and she was getting like violent and crazy and weird so one of their dads came and picked them up uh, and they were gone so it was just me basically locking my mom in a bedroom I'm like well, you're gonna just not drink like yeah. that's just what we're gonna do which I don't know if it was probably the right thing to do ultimately she ended up going to the hospital after this stretch right but I'm fucking 17 like I didn't you know, know what to yeah, do yeah you're yeah. doing the best with what so, you can. so I literally I had to just like put a chair down by the front door and sit in front of it and I was just like I, like I bought her cigarettes I'm like look here you go there's food in the house we're gonna be fine and she kept asking if I would let her go out and go get booze or whatever and I kept telling her no at one point she pulled a knife out and put it to my throat and said she was going to murder me. Uh, she also said she was going to call the Aryan Brotherhood, uh, which we had some weird family ties to, uh, <laughs> to come kill me, which is not like an empty threat. Right. She had made good on that threat with people before. Wow. Uh, not Nobody got killed that I'm aware of, but some people got almost killed. Right. Um, but it was basically that. So then I, literally I was like, look, I can beat the shit out of you. Like, you're too drunk to stand up. I, like, I think I ended up like shoving her barely. Just like, just, to, you know, enough to be like, hey. This is not going to work. Right. I will fuck you up. Right. Uh, then she went back into her bedroom and like, I assume she passed out. Five minutes later, I hear like clanging around and shit. I walk in there and we have this. It's hard to explain for somebody who's listening. It's like a window. It's it's not a window. It's like a, it's like the size of like an air conditioning vent, but right. it is a window. And she's trying to climb through it. Like she's trying to like <laughs> reverse Mary Poppins out this fucking window. <laughs> and she's standing on the bed doing it. And I walk up to the bed and she's like a, big tall like uh, king size bed 
And I'm like, what are you doing? You're being an idiot. And I realized it was a trick, like, a second too late. Because she turns around and just fucking, well, bam, Chuck Norris kicks me in the head. <laughs> and then she jumped over me like a goddamn gazelle. She runs out the door faster than I've ever seen her move. She is barefoot. And as I get down the stairs of my apartment complex, I see her running through broken glass, barefoot, oh through an alley. She runs across two lanes of traffic to a liquor store. And I see her go inside. And then like, I'm standing on the other side. I can't cross. There's cars going. There's right. no way for me to get over there. And I see the guy at the liquor store looking out the door at me. And I'm like going like, no, don't fight. Don't sell her booze. I'm like doing the hand on the neck thing. And then I see her walk out with a handle of vodka. And she just looks at me from across the street. I'll never forget this image because it was too funny. It's just cars whipping by and just her like wide shot. And she just gives me the finger and starts <laughs> drinking the vodka. Oh, my gosh. And then, it, but then it was like a thing. It was like so we got in that fight. And then when she got what she wanted, it was like she wasn't mad at me anymore. And then right. she just felt really bad, right? Like she drank the whole fucking bottle like right there, which was kind of crazy. Whoa! And then, uh, yeah, and then she came back across the street. I ended up having to carry her back up the stairs, which was a fucking uh, not a super rad moment. Um, mm. But yeah, that was a fun story. <laughs> That's both hilarious and tragic like i'm sure somebody heard that and didn't laugh and for those who understood it laughed so hard there's a lot there's a lot of fun me dealing with my drunk mom in public stories uh Uh. i'll tell i got one more that i don't i don't think i've told this one on a podcast ever and this one is very amusing to me uh we were at universal city walk uh we decided to go see a movie and then go to buca de beppo Okay. Uh, we went to the movie. My mom said she was going to go get us reservations. Instead, what she did was drink so much she got kicked out of the Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> so by the time we get to Bucatabebo, she is shit house hammered. Uh, and this poor waitress, I'll never forget because she's like the sweetest. Like you know, like I'm going to be an actress someday. <laughs> like y'all need some more garlic bread. Hay and, seed in her mouth. And every time she comes to the table, something horrifying is happening. <laughs> Like the first time she comes, my mom just looks at me and just goes, "I wish I never had you." And I was like, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, come on, be back with some Pepsi's." <laughs> Next time she comes back, my mom is drinking out of a bottle of red wine, and she goes, "I'm pregnant." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which she wasn't. Uh, she was just saying well, fun stuff. Well, she wasn't for long after that. Uh, but <laughs> but that was already a thing that was happening. Yeah. Um, Scheduled. Have you been to Universal Studios here? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So you know that big ass hill that you drive up. And for anybody who doesn't know, it's like a it's like an eighty five degree angle. Like yeah, it's I don't the know steepest hill in Los it Angeles. Uh, it's not made for a normal person to walk down. It's Mm-mm. really not made to carry a drunk woman in high heels down. Oh no! We got her about halfway down, and we were like almost to where it flattens out. We're feeling good. She tried to run. She slipped. One of her heels broke. And she fell face first into like one of those power like uh, converter boxes. That you see. Yeah, it chunked her fucking tooth out. Uh, and then the worst is we get a call right then from somebody. We've been trying to call people like, hey, yeah. can somebody pick us up? And he's like, yeah, I'll come get you right now. And then we get the phone call. He's like, yeah, I'm up at the top of the hill. I'm and Peppo. And he couldn't no. for some reason drive down. We had to carry her back up the hill. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Did she uh, did you laugh when she fell? Oh yeah, okay. I laughed. Uh, yeah, the, I real early on, and I think she developed this too. And I'm, and I'm, I bet you have this. Yeah, it was like a very uh, there's a very specific sense of humor mm-hmm. with addict people that I think is like almost impossible for like non addicty people to understand. Yeah, like it's well, you have to laugh at how bananas insane shit gets. Exactly, because it's because otherwise it's horrifying. But it's you know yeah, it's, but it's also like these are the story like you know. 
everybody has like some story of like, oh, we went to Disney World with our mom and she got, you know, the flu and pooped her pants or something. Right. Like everybody has their embarrassing stories from the past. Right. Mine just have more drugs in them. But right. But like I, but I, because I've had, I'll tell these stories and people will get weirded out. I, like I did a podcast actually where I told this, I was telling a story about like something my mom did when she was on meth. And the girl was on the show got really weird and like clammed up. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to tell the story. And then I'm like, fuck you. Why don't I get to have a pass just because it makes you uncomfortable? Exactly. Like that's, you know, that's always kind of bummed me out. Yeah. I was, I, I, I get a little weird about being perceived as a broken thing. Uh-huh. You know, like a broken thing made by broken things. And right. it's not, that isn't the case at all. It's just, I can laugh at the real dark shit. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It, it, my dinner party stories are a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard for me sometimes when I like, when I end up in social situations with like normal quote unquote people, mm-hmm. it not it's not their fault. They're not doing anything wrong. I don't want this to sound like high school goth shit where I'm just like nobody understands me. <laughs> we are painting our nails black. And, we are. Uh, we're we're, we're, yeah, we're ranking T-shirts. Bauhaus albums. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> number one, none of them. Uh, take that Bauhaus. Uh, but no, but it's like I. But it's not like that. It's just. These are nice people who came to a dinner party for like my girlfriend's work. They don't need to hear they like. Don't hear. But then like, but, but when I'm like trying to be comfortable with people, like I want to tell them funny stories, and all my funny stories are really sad. Right, right. So right. it's it's a weird one. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Um, when did you? Okay, so you sort of mentioned the Aryan Brotherhood element. Indeed. When did you put together the? This is racism, and. The world doesn't want me to believe these thoughts, or some people in the world do. Like, when did you kind of choose the to turn away from the dark side? Yeah, I I was never really on board with any of that because right. that guy showed up a little later in my life. Like he, uh, but like he was around. Uh, I, I guess I should probably explain this a little bit to anybody who doesn't know me. Uh, my mom at one point was married to a guy who was in the Aryan Brotherhood. Right, We'd spent a lot of time in prison. Uh, real bad dude, like murderer. Uh, Bring them around your children. Makes it, sense. Yeah, Family there's. Man. Yeah, I found out some weird, some weird shit. This dude, I ended up finding out later, uh, was at one point planning uh, with my mom actually to kidnap and murder her child. Uh, didn't, Jesus, didn't end up happening. They, that's good. That was a plot that was being hatched. I don't know where he is. Hopefully, fucking dead. Um, but yeah, he was. I mean, he had a big swastika tattooed on his stomach. Real bad dude. And I got, I got to him at like eight years old because he was there basically when I got taken back from Washington my mom got custody back she was Whoa. with him which they have one hell of a lawyer I guess because that's a pretty big red flag yeah um but uh but they were but they were sober-ish and they kind of had their shit together and my mom's mom has some money so they were able to sort of create the illusion that everything was fine yeah um but yeah, I mean, I, it was always pretty on Front Street that he was. It was weird because he was racist, but I was always like, "Well, we're poor, so like we're around, and we're around Mexicans all the time. Like it's you know, right. that's the, I never under. I think it's uh, poor white people who are racist is confusing to me when you're not isolated. Like if you're if you're in the south right. and it's all just the poor white people, mm-hmm. but even if you're in the south, like odds are you're around poor black people too. Like yeah, the thing is, rich white people being racist, I totally understand because they can afford not to hang out with people. But right, you know, I feel like I like it, like I I never like saw a difference between like oh like you know Mexican kid or the black kid or whatever. Like it didn't really right. make sense to me. And then when I figured out like how deep the whole being a Nazi thing ran, uh, it just it just never really clicked into me at all. Me and him did not get along. 
I think that's good. Yeah. I think that shows you had a soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Still do. Yeah. You're amazing. Wait, was he the one where they turned your house into like a weird schoolhouse no, at one point? No, no, no. That was... So so here's the basic trajectory. You can kind of trace the drugs my mom was on by the dude she was with. Because when she was with my dad, I don't know... I don't think she really was doing any drugs when she was with my dad. Like, I think yeah. she was like... I think she might have drank a little, but she was like just young and like... Okay. Uh... But then when we moved to Cal, we moved to California when I was like five. My parents got split up mm-hmm. uh, back in Seattle, and then we moved here. Um, she started dating this other dude who ended up being one of my brother's dads, and that was the one where they started doing speed. Uh, and that the uh, that was that was the bathtub uh, incident, and the uh, and the weird tra- the tra- we had a trailer uh, that had a homemade classroom inside of it. <laughs> Uh, that had like a full like wall chalkboard and like wraparound desks just for no reason. It's not like we had like a big trailer either. <laughs> we didn't have like room to spare. Uh, but it was a lot of arts and crafts. And that was like, I mean, honestly, I was a kid. I'm sure there was a lot of worse stuff that I don't totally remember. But I remember that as a very fun time in my life. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of I, whimsical. And I, have, and I have a joke about it, which is like the interest of a tweaker and the interest of like a six year old are very similar. Like right. all we want to do is like build shit and stay up as late as we can. <laughs> like it's <laughs> drop like a little kid and anybody from Humboldt in the fucking room together. Like six hours later, there will be a car in there. Yeah, like they'll make it happen. And it'll be amazing. Yeah, it's made out of Legos and spit and it fucking works. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but that so that was meth guy. Nazi guy was more heroin guy. And that, uh, and that was when it got a little less fun. I always assumed meth guy and Nazi guy were the same. Cause you see a lot of that. No, I had, no, Nazi was heroin guy. Hmm. Yeah. Very slow, sleepy Nazi. Yeah, he was, was kind of just a just a bulldozer of a man. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, I don't 100%. There may have been some overlap between yeah. the two. My mom is also like, uh, like has a lot of mental issues. She's, like, she's bipolar. She's, mm-hmm. uh, I think she's diagnosed schizophrenic or something. Yeah, she basically has everything. She has PTSD. Like All the things. Yeah, it's it's like comical if you read her like mental rap sheet. Like it's <laughs> like it it feels like somebody being a dick. Well, at least they diagnosed her. My mom never got the diagnosis she needed, uh-huh. and so there was always a lot of questions about what was going on. I do know that she talked to herself all the time and heard weird shit and attacked uh-huh. me in the middle of the night because she thought. She thought I yeah. was doing things I wasn't doing. Right. Which, which could have been drug psychosis and alcohol induced. Nobody knows. Could have been a little bit of both, yeah. Could have been everything. Yeah. So um, at least she at least she knows, but it's and also I think those treatment centers, they like they literally trot out the psychologist like once a week and he's got like fifteen minutes and yeah. sort of pieces it all together. So it's kinda it's hard to know without the drugs kinda all the way out of the system. Totally, yeah. Yeah. So, and then they put them on Suboxone or God knows what else. And yeah. It's, it's all weird. But um, when did you decide that you were going to really separate yourself from your parents' lifestyle? Like, I, I was never like a drugs dude really all that much. Okay. I, uh, I, I did. I, so there was like a six month period of my life where I was taking a bunch of Vicodin, uh, which was. Not really because I wanted to get high or, like, because I wanted to, like, be a drug person. It was just kind of around, and I was in a relationship I hated, and I was like, well, this seems easier with this. Uh, <laughs> so that was the really as bad as it got. I mean, when I was, like, 18, 19, I started drinking a lot. But it mm-hmm. wasn't, but even then, it wasn't really that bad. Like, I exaggerate it and, like, joke about it and stuff. But I was still going to work. Like, I was still getting shit done. And, I yeah. was, and, I, and it wasn't, like, a thing of, like, oh, I need to drink to feel okay. I was mostly drinking because it was the first time I had friends. Like, I moved, like, yeah. 12 times. I, I went to 14 different schools. Ooh. 
So I didn't really have any like lingering friends. So when I finally started working and I was like, oh, I have this like core group of people who we are at the same place. Yeah. We go out after work and we go to shit house at someone's, you know, place. That was just kind of nice. It was just nice to be social. And that was the way we did that. Yeah. Did you find you like recreated sort of the, the experiences you missed when you were a kid and a teenager kind of uh-huh. taking care of your family? Did you find you got to recreate that in your 20s a little bit? I, I honestly, in a weird way, feel like I'm kind of doing that right now. Yeah. Uh, not not as silly as like just getting drunk and fucked up. But I think that like even like at that point, I was still kind of had one foot in making sure my life wasn't on fire, making right. sure my family had shit together. Um, but now I'm at a place where like I'm actually, you know, I'm a grown up. I'm fine. I have a thing I do. I'm very good at the thing I do. Yes, you are. So now I am just like, fuck it. I'm going to stay out till four in the morning and go to Norm's yeah. and just not give a shit. You know what I yeah. mean? Because I don't because it doesn't matter. And no, I'm not responsible for anybody right so i am but i don't like i still don't drink that much i don't do drugs i smoke a little bit of pot but i don't i didn't get any of the fun addictions i got cigarettes and food like those are the addictions i had (laughs) i was gonna ask you like do you have any addictions? oh yeah those Uh, the thing is i do have an addictive personality i think in a bad way i just don't have it for things which i guess is good in a way like i don't like there's nothing about me that wants to be an alcoholic or that even sees like any appeal in that yeah but like like those people who are like 900 pounds on the Discovery Channel. I get that. Like I, <laughs> I could totally get there. Like I, I understand that 100 percent. You know, like it's and I, I would like to not. And I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to. But I'll chase you around the block before that happens. I uh, just on a hover around. <laughs> <laughs> Pop a flat tire. Sparks. Um, mm-hmm. No, but I have that. And I only I smoke too much. I think I take my addiction uh, into like work stuff, too, into comedy. Like I feel like I feel like there is a weird addict brain that makes you be like I have to get on stage as many times as I can and it's like is it good who cares you're up you know what I mean yeah like like I'm gonna like I'll take you know end up doing like f- six hours of bus through a night it's like a ten hour voyage Ooh. to ultimately do nine minutes of stage time you know right. what I mean so that's not how a normal person functions and I think that's no. a mix of like just there's a very specific broken that you are if you're a comedian. But also that coupled with like that addictive personality, I think, comes together and I guess probably makes it good for me in a weird way. Yeah, that's actually something initially kind of when Evan and Tom kind of outlined like this is how you grind mics. Like this is how you go from one mic to one right. mic to one mic. Because I was kind of approaching it like meetings. Like I go to the one thing a night and they were like, no, you can do multiple in a night and you can map it out. Right. And once I started doing that, I went real hard to the paint immediately. Mm-hmm. And it was actually Evan who was like, uh, Evan Cassie, another comic. He He was like, you know, I know people like you with the kind of addictive personality uh can kind of go a little too far with this but that's when i was like falling asleep at the library while calvin played that fucking trumpet and yeah you know i'm just like knocked out because i wasn't i wasn't sleeping i was just so into that i really shifted into that addictive gear right and just went for it and i have i i still struggle like every few weeks i have to recalibrate a little bit because i'll go so hard that i realize like yeah, you did four sets tonight, but they all sucked because you're exhausted. Right. So it's like, wouldn't you be better off sleeping for a night and just doing one? Like, right. Yeah. 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 And Ramsey had told me that, too. Like, yeah, we, me and him night. were just talking in this conversation, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's interesting. He's good, dude. I should interview him. Um, so, okay. We got that one. How do you... So how do you deal with fear and anxiety as a person? I ask everybody that question. <sighs> I don't know. That's hard. Um, 
I don't. I don't have a ton of anxiety necessarily. I uh, I do a little bit, but it's. Sorry, this is hard for me to phrase the answer to. I feel like I've always been kind of nihilistic almost. Not in like a Mm -hmm. everything sucks way, but just in a like I never assumed I was going to live to be 30 way. You know what I mean? Neither did I. I had like a plan to 25. Like I, I, yeah, I mean I was suicidal. I had a lot of stuff, you know, that went Mm -hmm. on with that. So, So I never really planned for that. And my life was always chaotic growing up. So chaos doesn't scare me. Right. And that's an interesting, like me and uh, my girlfriend, we get in fights and stuff and we get not even fights, but just like we have very different understandings of the world because she, you know, grew up in the suburbs and had like a, I mean, she's had stuff happen to her, but she had a fairly normal life just on a structural level. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't understand that for me, like I'm used to everything being on fire all the time. And truthfully, a lack of chaos scares the shit out of me a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like the quiet is terrifying. I don't like the quiet because I don't, I don't like I don't struggle with like anxiety like oh what's going to happen in my life I struggle with anxiety like oh why am I alive or like I have a lot of like guilt issues and like depression stuff like that's more where I am mm-hmm. uh but yeah I'm not a particularly anxious person I don't think about Yeah you're pretty fear yeah I don't it's you're pretty relaxed I don't be scared I mean like I've already had so much shit happen like what's going to happen worse at this point This is true <laughs> it, it sounds like uh, like I'm being a dick but it's totally true like I mean that is kind of where I'm at like I've seen things that a person should not see right so you know i've had guns i've been shot at like i've you know in your home yeah well not in my home no no no. i got shot at uh at a at a thing like it was a uh concert thing that my stepdad's friend's band was playing at but like you know like, like some psychobilly yeah. crazy yeah yeah i mean we were uh, all we were like you know methy punk rock people yeah uh, mm-hmm. but yeah but i mean like i mentioned it earlier but at a certain point when your mother has put a knife to your throat and said that she wished she aborted you what oh no you had a bad day at work like what the fuck ever like it's right. you know it's all gonna be fine yeah like it's it's hard for me to give a shit i think i struggle with that to a point that it may be i don't feel like it's detrimental to me but i feel like it can be detrimental to people around me sometimes i have a hard time giving a shit about anything <laughs> uh, yeah just be like not not giving you like being afraid empathetically does that make sense yeah so it's like uh struggling with the ability to say you know i i acknowledge that you had a hard time today and yeah or i even acknowledge that i had a hard time today even though it was something that in the scheme of my life was not one of the hardest things that's occurred yeah yeah, yeah. like when it's like oh we didn't get the laundry done today and it's like okay but we're not dead like it's you know it's fine that's something i struggle with and i like to think it makes me you know cool and easy going but really i think it just makes me seem like an asshole Sort of the opposite of perfectionism. There you go. Like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. But I'm not like that about my like. Actually, I like that about just about everything but comedy. Comedy is the only thing I'm like a perfectionist with. But everything else, I'm just like whatever. It'll be fine. How are you perfectionist with comedy? I don't know because I hate everything I do. <laughs> I want to make it better. Everybody does. I, don't know. I think truthfully, I've never thought I was all that good at anything before, and I feel like I'm pretty good at this. You are. So, which I realize I've said two times now, and that's a weird thing to just say out loud. Take a victory lap. You know what I mean? Like I, you're so I funny. I can't though. Like there's always I, be, like I have. I have. There's like a small elite crowd of people who exist solely to make sure I never feel good about myself. Who are those Because they're comics that I look at and I'm like, I'm never going to be as good as you are. Uh, I don't want to do the whole list, but I'll do one. It's Connor McSpatton. Connor is Fuck. the person I will always... Me, me, me and yeah. him have talked about this a million times. We have like a weird symbiosis where we both are very jealous of each other and we force Aww. ourselves to be better. 
That's beautiful. I know we're going to get married one day. It's very nice. That's amazing. <laughs> I feel like that's like a, not a buddy cop movie, but like, like a sort of like space soldier situation. Like okay, you're both like the that. ace pilots or something. I don't know where I got weird with that. No, I like it. I like we're, it. We're going for it. Yeah. But, we're um, fucking fighting alien bugs, man. Yeah. This got real silly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's wonderful about you is like people feel comfortable enough to get silly and goofy and fun because you're comfortable enough to get silly and goofy and fun and that's that's important so when i see a lot of people stressing out about comedy we're all perfectionists and we all want to be better and we all think our material sucks right right and so even i've seen you have seen a lot of people just do incredibly well and be like fuck that that didn't go well yeah you know and i think we're all super duper hard on ourselves but there is that you have that that superpower of being like eh, you know when everybody else is running around spazzing out they all uh-huh. kind of we all run to each other totally. to kind of go like was it really that bad you know <laughs> yeah please validate me no, help you know and yeah. so there that voice of like yeah you know what the room's not on fire today we're good yeah you know you need that's, that yeah it's a beautiful thing um all right how do you think sort of the how, how do you think your what the fuck word did I write? I'm amazing right now. I literally... <laughs> do you see the scribbles of a madman? Those... Jesus. Is that even upside down or right side up? Either way, I it looks no like idea. nonsense. I wrote it with my feet. Um, and my left foot, nonetheless. Do you... Like, how do you think your childhood really affects your relationships today and your relationship to the world? We kind of talked about that. Like, in a good way, bad way, yeah, all the Yeah, I mean, we talked about that a little bit. I think... Um, Trying to think what else to add because I feel like we kind of nailed it. We can just. Oh um, no! No! no fuck that! I'm a dig deep. I'm a dig. Deep. I'm gonna find something. I'm gonna find some treasure for Mama Bear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's made me flexible in a way that a lot of people aren't, and I feel like. I have a hard time saying anything positive about myself. That's something I've always struggled with, uh, unrelated to this. But I. I I feel like I'm more like empathetic than I would be otherwise to other people. And I feel yeah. like, and I know that's sort of contrary to what I just said, but like, even though it's hard for me to give a shit, I think I, I have like a weird soft spot for people like in emotional pain mm-hmm. and people who feel abandoned. Like I feel like, cause addiction is weird because there's always some person saying like why don't you just not drink and it's like that's not how that works dumb fuck yeah you know what i mean so i feel like i feel like in terms of like dealing with not just my own mental problems but obviously you know in comedy i'm surrounded by people who are fucked up in the head and the people who i gravitate towards to be friends are also people who are fucked up in the head yeah i think it's helped me to be more understanding of that than i think a lot of people are so i feel like that's a good thing Mm -hmm. um as far as negatives, I do feel like that sort of uh, fuck it, nothing matters thing can get out of hand a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, again, it's if you're one person in a vacuum, that's fine and you can live with that. When you have another person who you have to share rent with, uh, that gets a little trickier. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. I can be like, oh, well, fuck it. I'll go live on a couch for six months and then figure it out. Uh, that is a hard thing to pitch to Chelsea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Who's amazing. Who's totally amazing. This is not on her. This is all my shit. But... 
what? No, but the, but the thing is, like, I don't want that. It's not I, like it sounds like I realize like, I'm saying it sounds like I want to do that, but then she won't let me. Like, no, I want I, like I like having an apartment and a dog and hope. Like, it's awesome. It's weird. I don't You're know. You're cramping what to do. my freedom. I want misery and to I live do, on you, a couch. You know what's fucked up though is I do have days where I feel like that. Mm. I have days where I'm just like, man, I wish I could just go fail alone. Because I, I like romanticize like everything being fucked up a little bit. Because I think that's my version of nostalgia. Like that's what I have like to. Yeah. But it was never good. It was never fun. It was always terrifying. Yeah. After yeah. Uh, getting off the sofa surfing circuit myself. Yeah. Failing alone. Not not fun. I know. And I not don't know. Fun. I don't know why my brain does that. I think I don't know. I think I'm scared to let myself be happy a lot. I think that's not a uncommon problem no no that's not uncommon yeah. at all it's like that whole like when's the other shoe gonna drop you exactly know? so i'm like i'll drop it yeah 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 and it's you don't need to yeah you're amazing there are times when i get mad at my girlfriend for loving me like that's how stupid i am it's like simultaneously the i know like, i want to be like oh but i want to be like oh like that's sweet in a way it's, like, a, no, it's a lot of feelings it's a, i'm a very poignant and uh poetic person uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but for, like I'll like I'll get like like I'll I'll and I don't do this consciously, but I'll realize that after the moment I'll do things to like try and push her away, and she will literally be like, "Hey, idiot, I'm not leaving." Like, yeah. And there's some weird goblin in my brain that's just like, "How do we fucking get rid of this bitch?" It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess she loves us. Like I have like. Did you ever watch all Looney Tunes where there's like the two cats who are like the mobsters and there's the one who's like, yeah, I'm the good criminal. And the other one's like, I'm fucking retarded, but I'm big. (laughs) That's what my brain is, is like there's just like this guy who's just like, yeah, drive everyone away and fucking be a monster. And the other one's like, I just want hugs. (laughs) Can you just love me? And then then we'll have a dog and then that'll be our life. I like that. Like that's... (laughs) It's those two voices just I'm, fucking knuckleheading around. I'm glad the uh, big dumb one's winning. It seems yeah, like it. it's just less work. There are decorative pumpkins on this table. There sure He's are, winning. and I have a lot of feelings about. It. There's always some. There's always a new thing there. There's <laughs> there's always a decorative squash or a vase or something. And part of me is like, I never thought I was going to be a squash person. <laughs> you know, I never thought I was going to be a person with just seasonal vegetation. And then part of me is just like, but that's fine. Did you guys have the coffee table that just had like cigarette, like empty cigarette cartons and uh, like an old Time magazine and like a full ashtray? Oh, when I was growing up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The full ashtrays. Oh, yeah. The the Bloomin' Onion of Sadness. Yeah. That's what I always called it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was totally my deal. My my mom has bought me ashtrays for like several Christmases. Like, I... uh, Yeah, no, yeah, there's a very specific aesthetic to, like, the addict life, and it is not conducive with the Etsy life that I currently live. It's adorable. It's very strange. Lean into it. I know, but I want to get some of my, like, the junky scum in on it as well, but that's just me being stupid. There has to be a junky scum Etsy. Like, you can make, like, a... I think if there's a term to describe me as a human, I think junky scum Etsy is about as good as we can get. (laughs) Jesus Christ. How do you deal with any? You talked a lot about feeling kind of feeling guilty, about yeah. Being around, how do you process guilt and shame? Uh, that I'm that I'm really bad at. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of those I'm bad. 
like I, I think of shame and guilt as two very different things. Like as far as like shame, like I'm not embarrassed about anything really. Like just that, that was just like a defense mechanism very early on. Like I remember this is maybe fourth or fifth grade. Like I was the fat kid and I was getting shit for being the fat kid. But what I found out is if I became like the competitive lunch eater at lunch where I was just like, I'll eat as much food as anybody will give me. Then I owned the fatness. So then it was like it was embarrassing, but I controlled the embarrassing. So it was like got it. getting rid of the shame that way. Uh, guilt is a problem I've had because my mom has a tendency, like a lot of addicts do, to be very emotionally manipulative. So yeah. when you call her out on something, uh, it becomes your fault. You know, like I was blamed for her addiction pretty much every time I tried to step in. Right. Which which and the thing, I like my logical brain, you know, again, knows like, you know, this isn't true. Like this is not reality. She's got a sickness and this is the symptom of that sickness. Right. She's trying to mm-hmm. take it out on you. But then again, that fucking big soft retard is like, I made my mom cry. Like it's, you right. know, it's I, it's hard to balance those two. How are you doing with that now? Because I know you uh, just set a hard boundary with mom. Yeah. 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 I'm not doing good with that. Uh, I don't know what to do. There, I uh, I'll just briefly explain for people who are listening who don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, my mom got sober like three, four years ago, maybe, uh, and was working at a lot of club, was doing real good, uh, and she still is doing good. Like she's got her own place, mm-hmm. she's got a job, she's doing well. But I found out, you know, by accident because my little brother has a big mouth that she had like gotten drunk in Vegas, and then I, after digging around, found out she has been drinking for two years. Jesus, uh, yeah. How did you find that out? You just asked she told her? me, yeah. Oh. Well, because I told her I'm like, because he mentioned that like I went to dinner at her house and she and he mentioned like the getting drunk thing like as a joke and she clammed up and we just didn't talk about it that night. We were just like we're just gonna brush that under the table. Um, and then like I didn't talk to her for like three weeks because I didn't know what to do. And then she called me and I was like, we gotta fucking deal with this. Yeah. Um, and we got a big fight about it. And she did that. And she did the fucking the attic thing where it's like I know how this looks, you know, but I. It's only a little bit. It's not a big deal. It's not changing anything. Like that's you don't get that. Like that's not. Yeah. You karate kicked me in the head to drink vodka. Yeah, and you don't get to say that ever again. Yeah, and I was fucking. I was mad. I was mad. Like I was. Like I made a deal. So, one of the last times she was all fucked up and everything, I did a. It's a long story. It's not that very interesting. But the short version of it is, I did a bunch of shit to try and help her mm-hmm. pull it together. And basically my deal with doing that, because I've been through this for so long and like I'm an adult now, I don't deserve that to deal with anymore. was like, this is the last time I'm going to do it. Next time I'm just going to fucking let her die. Like, that's an honest thing I told myself is like, I will let her go Mm because her body isn't going to survive another trip to the bottom. Yeah. She's got hepatitis. Like, she's fucked up. Like, she's, you know, she's going to she's not going to live if that happens again. And. I made that deal with myself and then she got better and I was like, oh, I fucking won. Like, it's awesome. It finally worked out. And now I'm in a position where obviously like she's not, you know, getting trash. She's not a mess right now. But I know where this road ends. Right. You know, this road always ends in the same place. And it's hard for me because I because I feel super betrayed and I feel like, you know, pissed off. And I feel like that's not fair to me. And I feel like I shouldn't be around. I feel like I have to I have to like. I have to not show up to prove that I'm not going to show up yeah. to save her ass. But also it's like, well, if I've got like, you know, another year of her kind of keeping it together before she's a wreck and then she's dead. Like. Do I just 
say, oh, well, and just enjoy it while I can? Or what do I do? Like, Because you get along with her, right? Yeah, I fucking love my mom. My mom's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She's also a fucking cunt. There's a, you know. I totally understand. There was a moment. I was about 15. Mm. My mom had me pinned to the ground. Uh-huh. And she's she's got both knees on my chest. And she is bitch slapping me. Uh-huh. Just boom. Jesus Christ. Backhand, backhand screaming. Why do you keep me at arm's distance? You never let me in. She's like beating me. Be like, you're hitting. Yeah, because your you, arm's distance yeah, hits me in the face. You're about you a hand away from arm's distance. <laughs> exactly. Because this kind of, and I'm like, because of this. Like, I'm yeah. just, like this is why. Because I, I know that you desperately want love and you desperately want to have this functional family relationship, but there is this thing in the way. Yeah. And accompanied with that is a bunch of gnarly behavior. And I love you but I have to back away. And it was a weird thing when she moved in with my grandma. I walked in one day and I see that her room looks kind of normal. And then she got up to go to the bathroom. I looked under the, under the bed and there's just crown Royal bottles. There it is. And I was like, Oh, okay. She moved in to die. Yeah. She moved in to drink herself to death. And that was about two years before she died. And I remember kind of saying, mentioning it to my uncle, mentioning it to my grandma. And there was just, the denial system was so heavy yeah. and they were just happy. She was out of jail and you know, it, it was, they had made the decision to stand there and to say, we're just going to enjoy this time because unconsciously they knew like, this is a dying person. She looked like the crypt keeper. Yeah. Like it wasn't going well. She's a big, tall lady. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was present to it. And then when she died, everyone was shocked, but me. And so I, I don't know. I don't know if that awareness is a detriment it still hurt. Yeah. And it was still more than I expected. Because I thought, oh, well, she, she, I already kind of killed her in my head. This is not my mom anymore. And then I had to grieve those feelings yeah. um, the hard way. And um, I, I can say that it, at least I've watched my grandmother and my uncle really kind of struggle with this idea of her. Um, like they feel betrayed by it still. Mm. And it's like, dude, writing was on the wall. Yeah. She wasn't hiding. No. You know, the bottles were under the bed, but for real. Yeah. Just lift up the... No, nobody <laughs> drinks themselves to death overnight. Like, yeah. it, it's not how that works. Yeah. And so I... It, I don't know. I think... Except for people who get alcohol poisoning, but that was a bad choice of words. <laughs> 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 That's, I think that, you know, I know that you're tough stuff and that you've got a big... You've got a big family around you no matter what, you know? Yeah. And whatever happens, hopefully she'll get it, you know? I like she's got she's been to school for this. She knows what the disease is. She knows yeah. how it works. Yeah. So it's there's no ignorance to it. There's no like I and that's why I hate that she keeps like leaning back on it like I'm a child and like I haven't done this a million times. Like I right. told her when we talked, I'm like, look, if you want to just drink, you can just tell me I'm gonna drink. But like you have to tell me that. Like you don't get to like be like, Oh well, I'm just secret social drinker. Like you just gotta own your shit. Yeah, there's something even weirder. I was that kind of drinker. There's something even weirder about the person who hides it at home. Yeah. I, well, I was I was an out inside and outside drinker, but when I, I felt like yeah. I had to hide it at home because that was the behavior I knew. Yeah. And so, um, but I think that it's it's almost it's it's weird. Yeah. You know, to sit alone drinking Crown Royal in your yeah bathroom. Yeah, and I mean, and right now she said she's just drinking when she goes on vacation or whatever. 
but that that's a not true yeah. and b hey tuesday's a vacation <laughs> thank god it's friday clang <laughs> i don't know and then part of me is just like at this point all our kids are grown like you know like my, yeah. my youngest brother just turned 19 he's still he's the only one who still lives there but i mean he's a fucking big boy if something happens he'll be fine so it's it's on her now she's got maybe be a that's person. the switch that went off in her head you guys grew up yeah because we had we had kind of had that yeah, conversation. But, and, about, I, and I understand yeah. that. But on the other yeah. hand, we're like, fuck you in the face, lady. Like, you weren't. It's not like you were OK when we weren't grown up. <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, we get another decade of you being a normal person before you implode. Right. And so we're owed that at least. Well, I don't know. Nobody owes me shit. And she's sick. Like, I, I try to, you know, remember. It's hard. It's really I try. I'm I try really hard not to be like overly emotional about shit because I feel like we live in a world where people react to their gut and not to their like brain or like any sense of like compassion you know i mean you look at anything that ever happens on facebook it's you're all fucking retarded well you're all a bunch of fucking fags like it's just back and forth it's all divisive and my whole thing is always like you can find a middle at both sides Mm -hmm. have right this is the one thing i can't do it on because i keep trying to be like well she's sick and it's not her being a bad person but i'm just like fuck you right you know well maybe you're not supposed to find a middle ground maybe i don't know because i don't know but fuck you doesn't fix anything for me you know what I mean? like fuck you doesn't make me feel better yeah. and fuck you doesn't make her feel better it doesn't make she it's not like i can do like a you know a big like hey you piece of shit get it together and then she gets it together she doesn't listen to that i wish do you remember watching like television shows when you were a kid yeah or like after school specials or movies and there'd be that big pivotal moment where the family would sort of hash it out and then everything would yeah. be okay that doesn't exist i mean the, i feel like you hit moments that feel like they're that moment yes. and then a week later you're still you yeah 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 i've always felt like my family was kind of always trying to create that for themselves and could never quite get there like no we still we still have to feel our feelings you know and it, i think it's okay to be conflicted and feel shitty about a shitty event yeah you know or about a person behaving in a way that scares you it's just like yeah it just sucks because it was like i was just done being worried about it you know because yeah. obviously for that first like year of like sobriety you're like yeah. eh? and it was just <laughs> to the point where it would have never crossed my mind like oh she's drinking again like yeah. i was like i wouldn't have even thought it if he hadn't said if my brother hadn't mentioned it and now it's like I don't know. I was just okay with it. Did you tell her that you felt betrayed? Yeah, I did. And she, yeah. told, and she told me, like, she basically was just like, well, it's fine. Don't worry. And then I was like, I'm sorry. I can't do that. And she said, well, you know what? I don't have any faith in you either. As a shitter. Yeah. I literally, I literally told her, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I just hung up. Ugh. Sorry. She also fucked up my closer for my album. She better get sober by March when I record it. (laughs) 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 I say that to cut the tension because I'm feeling a lot of stuff right now, but it actually is 100% true. Oh, my gosh. Have you you heard me do the Swedish Fish story? Yes. Okay. That was going to be the closer for my Uh. album. And it still might be, but it doesn't work the same if it's like, oh, postscript, she's still fucked up. Oh, well, does it have to be true? Eh, What are we doing if it's not? That's true. That's one thing I really, you inspire me because I see you lean into the truth yeah. on stage. To be clear, I also lie on stage a bunch. Yeah, but not. I try a, and be as honest as I can. Not in the way that, you, you know, when you hear a bit and you're like, uh-huh. oh, that's just not true at all. That yeah. person is really, really making that up. That's uh-huh. just a story. Yeah. 
you know, you, you seem to, you know, conflate the truth when it, for you yeah. know, theatrical purposes. Extreme, why did I exaggerate it? But it's, I try and. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird when you have, I've had those moments where I've had to streamline like the horror show, yeah. you know, because I'm like, yeah, oh, people can't take this. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird stuff. I'm proud of you. You're amazing. Thanks. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. Hopefully. Maybe. Maybe it'll know. be fucked. Yeah, probably. Eh. It generally ends up fucked, but what are you going to do? Go to Norm's at four in the morning. Hey, Amen. I'm excited about that. Woo! Yes. Um, when, oh, God. When you do something wrong, how do you deal with it? When I do something wrong? When you know something is like. Like when I do something wrong, like when I fuck up something I'm trying to do, or like yeah. when I do something like that I know is like morally wrong. When you know is morally wrong. Uh, Have you ever done something where you're like... Oh, yeah. I do, I do things wrong all the time. Um, I don't know. I'm... Uh, I think my brain immediately is, like, very good at rationalizing things to myself. Uh, like, I'm I'm very much... Like, I'll find a reason to justify anything bad I do. Like, that's just my knee-jerk reaction. But yeah. then I usually am able to get past that. Uh, it's weird. I deal very well with guilt that I should have guilt over I don't deal well with guilt that is things I can't control does that make sense yeah totally Totally. like if I like if I like here's an example I uh I have cheated on a lady not the girlfriend I'm with now but I uh cheated on my ex and I I wrote a whole goddamn paragraph in my head about why it was okay and it wasn't great but it was justified and there Mm -hmm. were explanations and I can let myself off the hook for that and forgive myself but I can't forgive myself for like the one time I made like my mom cry, but I didn't make her cry. She just drank a bottle of wine and watched Moulin Rouge, but she blamed it on me. You know what I mean? Like that, that was her drunk movie of choice. Yeah. You told me about that. She yeah. loved Moulin Rouge. She sure did. Uh, <laughs> you know, what I mean? but like shit that like I didn't do, like I have a hard time processing guilt, but I also mm-hmm. can't like let it go and just be like, well, it's not my fucking problem. Yeah. So I don't know. That first part's probably not great, but okay. I don't know. Yeah. I feel, I, I think at a certain point you have to just forgive yourself because you're never going to not fuck up. Yeah. You forgive yourself. You f- try to fuck up as little as you can and try not to hurt anybody. How do you experience forgiveness when you both giving and receiving it? How does that I, uh, I'm not a big grudge holder. I, so I'm pretty good with that. I don't really hold a lot of grudges and stuff. It's just I'm just not wired that way. Which is crazy valuable in comedy. No, totally, yeah. Because there are people I love who hold grudges. No, I know, and it's and I try and be real nice to people because I know that it's a very vindictive yeah. scene, and you could fuck somebody up who ten years from now, surprise, runs TV. You know, right. like <laughs> runs the world. Yeah. Oh, cool. You're the president of Hollywood. I remember when you were the shittiest one at the open mic. <laughs> but it's, but it's true. I mean, you never know what's going. And also, like aside from like just being a good career move, it doesn't just it, there's no point to like what? Yeah. I got to spend fucking you know, five nights a week with these animals. Like, there's no reason for me to fight with them. <laughs> like, they're all fine people. We're all a bunch of fucking ding-dongs who decided our opinion was worth a record deal. Like, it's not, you know, they're no better or worse than I am. Right. Except for the ones that are. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a handful of people that don't deserve my forgiveness or respect, but I don't. You know, just don't mess with them. But yeah, yeah but yeah. Even, even then, I don't go like "fuck you, man." Yeah. Like even like the low hanging fruit ones. Like I'll I'll talk shit or whatever. Like I'll bust balls, but I'm not gonna like, "Hey, buddy, we're not friends." Like just so you know, because you thought we were friends, we're not friends. Like I see people do. 
I see people do that really? shit. And I'm, yeah, and I'm like, what are you doing, you fucking moron? Weird. Like on Facebook, it's like, oh, if you have a mutual friend with Dave Magoobagoo or whatever, fucking unfriend me <laughs> now because she's Dave a Magoo-Bagoo. rapist and a goober. And it's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know? We have no right to be self-righteous. Yeah. We say offensive, horrible things on stage. Yeah, we're dicks. And, and yeah, it's it's a weird, it's a weird world. Is. It's a weird uh, world. So that's the giving forgiveness part is I, I feel like I'm pretty like, whatever, man. It's fine. Like, you know, don't yeah. don't kill me. Don't yeah. kill anybody that I like. Uh, as far as like receiving forgiveness, I'm very bad at it. Mm. I'm the most the most common, uh, like annoyed sentence that my girlfriend says to me is, hey, can you stop apologizing? Uh, so that's a, I do that too. Yeah, yeah. Too apologize many. I'm sorry. For apologizing. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you're in a, I apologize. Yeah, you're in a fucking times. loop. You, yeah, you're like, yeah. In, you're in a hurricane. Yeah. You know, and it's no matter how bad they're like, it's totally fine. Everything's okay. You're like, oh god, now I made it weird, and you have to like talk to me like I'm a baby, and now I feel like broken because mm-hmm. of that. And I'm sorry. And I, bleh, and I feel bad, and I'm like gush, and also I'm like horny, which is weird. Like it's just a lot. Like everything comes out at once. Horny, and I'm hungry, and, and I want to nap. I want to cry out my wiener. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just all yell, love me. That's, yeah. My, I had an ex who would do that. He would like bump his head into me like a cat and just say, love me. Love. Me. Love. Love. Because that's all we're running around doing. I, know, anyway. I wish we could communicate complex emotional stuff in just caveman grunts. Could we? Should, uh, love. Food. <laughs> I think that's why emojis are popular. Because that's the caveman drawing. That might be the most brilliant thing you've ever said. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it is. It's cave paintings. It's cave paintings. <laughs> yeah, it's the language fucked us over. <laughs> yeah, we're we're beyond language, so I need yeah. 12 dancing girls to we, express we lear- where I'm at. We learned words to describe all this weird complex shit we feel, but we didn't actually learn how to fix it. We just learned labels for it. Yeah. So now we're just like, I feel eggplant. Like Exactly. <laughs> well, there's a um I wish I could remember the linguistic philosophy around it, but that our our thoughts are shaped by our sort of the the trap the prison of language and that there are things beyond language that we can't express just because of the language right. and that other cultures potentially have a completely different thought process based uh-huh. on the the structure and the foundation of their language so any culture that has like nine different words for love or nine yeah. different you know and i think maybe that's where emojis come in the huh. universal you know <laughs> now i have nine different ways to say i love you yeah you know and some of it's an eggplant or a, a ruler. I heard the ruler one. Is the ruler a thing? I heard I know it, the banana. I heard it doing crowd work at Flappers and Claremont. So it might be a thing for one idiot in Claremont. I think honestly, if you're using an emoji to get laid, whoever's fucking you is a dumb idiot. Like, <laughs> if anybody sees a picture of an eggplant and is like, you know what? I will put your dick in me. Like, good God, cut your uterus out and throw it in a volcano, you fucking dumpster baby. <laughs> Why isn't there a uterus emoji? I feel like that'd be a good emoji. <laughs> a deflated balloon with a frowny face in it. <laughs> Different colors. Nobody seeds, wants to like put people. their seed in me. <laughs> That'll be mine. It'll just shoot out cats. <laughs> Dust and cats. Forever low. <laughs> Does I, anybody want to ride to the open mic? Please make me feel needed. <laughs> Get in Anna's comedy minivan. (laughs) (laughs) She's got snacks. I got a juice box where my love should go. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, you Muppet ass bitch. I can't help being a Muppet ass auntie bitch. Who wants, who wants it? Who wants some snacks? We don't I- want your snack, you Muppet ass bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You guys are the best things that have ever happened to me, and that's oh. sad. <laughs> we, we love you a lot. You're, you're one of my favorite people I've met doing Aww. comedy. For real. Favorite people. Mm, 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 mm. I wanted to, and I didn't want to interject. Cause you were in like such a good momentum. Oh. I once had a um, a story. My mom uh, was high, and we rode a bike to a Masonic function. My dad was cooking for because he could barbecue. Like he was the barbecue man. So, the- so there's a lot of moving parts right up top. Yeah, right up top. <laughs> so my mom is, and I are riding our bikes in this little, and where we grew up is, or where I grew up is this like. There's no sidewalks, yeah. and the the asphalt is just a step sideways from a dirt road. It is just mostly gravel. Right. And she hits the gravel on this bike, and there's those little foot cages on the bike. Uh-huh. And to this day, I'm afraid of little foot cages on a bike. Right. She had her feet trapped in it. She couldn't get out, and she slid oh, in the driveway and broke her wrist, her jaw, and her feet. Oh no! All at once, because here's the deal: you can't use for that long and have the bone density of a human. No, yeah, your shit is. You're just a bird. You're a bird. Yeah, you You got Kit Kats for bones. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So her little Kit Kat body just went all the way down in the middle of the driveway, and I think maybe she had been maybe clean and sober at the time i'm not sure Uh um i imagine she was loaded because she just slid and i know that the subsequent to that was she for sure was on a ton of pain meds and relapse um and uh the best my eight-year-old self could do was to stand there and hysterically laugh because i didn't (laughs) know how hurt she was and mommy fell down because it was such a and i had eaten shit i i was on training wheels till i was 10 my dad bent them at one point and said miha they haven't touched the ground in years I, but I was falling on my bike constantly just out of fear of falling. I'd be like, I'm going to fall and fall. And so I was covered in road rash. I thought she was fine. We walked to visit my dad. And I remember her like trying to close her jaw uh-huh. to smoke a cigarette and it just falling out. I know. It's the, sa- it's the oh, saddest no. funny moment. It's very funny. It's so funny. Can, can you just imagine? Because I've been there where I'm just like, I want this so... And it just falls. Why don't you work? No. My mouth. <laughs> My mouth is broke. And then she she ended up uh, going to the hospital because somebody was like, uh, hey, Paul, uh, th- this lady's real <laughs> fucked up. You should <laughs> do something. Yeah, homegirl's full of poison. Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> she doesn't look good at all. Nah. And... Um, she was totally in shock, which also proves how tough they are. These yeah. moms of ours are oh, yeah. so tough. They are resilient. They're so resilient. It's like, how are you not dead? <laughs> You're amazing. Um, but uh, you once told me we were, I, I accidentally took us out to a way too expensive dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was worth it. It was very good. Was fucking, except for also, it I, felt like nuclear war in our Oh, stomachs. yeah, I shot lava out of my butthole. <laughs> the weird thing is that didn't happen to me the next day. Ah, well, I was my body, for two. It was fun. <laughs> my body just processed it all, which scares that me. That is kind of terrifying. It's, you know, Mexican, yo. Um, <laughs> Fuck you. So <laughs> You're white. Calm down. You have a podcast. You renounced your last shred of ethnicity. You, you are official, officially a white bitch. You pumpkin spice cunt. 
so funny. Just a beige Muppet with all pumpkin spice. Yeah. We should explain the Muppet thing. Connor calls me a Muppet. And oh, it's yeah. Funny. <laughs> yeah. I love that you're like, let's explain. Some, another inside joke. Another inside joke for somebody way back. Sorry. Like, what is that Muppet so, reference? Yeah. Sorry, four people listening to this. We're having a good time. <laughs> Odds are all four of you have heard Connor yell about the Muppet bitch. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Um, so we went to the expensive dinner. Yeah. Uh, went to expensive dinner and. And I felt real bad because I know that we're both on a super budget. Right. And uh, you work at the Queen Mary as a tour person. I do. Yeah. Yes. And and so I, I know that that's, yeah, I didn't want to put you out. And you had said, listen, from my childhood, I know how to get what I need out of people. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about that? Yeah. Because it's a really, it's true. I know I have the same thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's sort I, of that, I, I'm like... I'm trying to remember what you're talking about. Yeah, like, that hustle. I know, I know what you're talking about. I'm trying to remember where, how it yeah. came up. But yeah, no, 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 I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, you would you just learn that real real early on because that's what you're surrounded by. I mean, yeah. any any solid addict is mostly surviving 90% on moxie and just like <laughs> figuring out how to get shit done. And you also learn how to manipulate people because, I mean, you know, I'm trying to deal with somebody who can't function as a human being and you just got to learn to be emotionally manipulative enough to get like a fucking new backpack for school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to find ways to make shit happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't totally love that. I can do that. Yeah. It's like a superpower that I almost wish I didn't have because I feel like it doesn't feel great. Well, I feel like I, it's not even that I feel bad. Like I didn't do anything wrong, but it, I don't know. It just scares me like what I, that I can fuck people over. You know what I mean? Like I have the ability to fuck people over real bad. Yeah. Like I have the I have the toolbox that I need to make that happen. Uh, I try not to use it, but um, I don't know. Yeah. That's tricky. Yeah. My last question's like nine questions. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, okay. What would you say to all the little kids like you? Uh, like you, what? You're would very you... fat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How did your mother let you get this fat? Uh, kill yourself, fat, Cheetos. fat, fatty. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, let the record show. No irony. I'm telling children to kill themselves on your podcast. <laughs> it's definitely what happened. The, the Muppet and the scary man said I should die because I like snacks. Uh, I had the food thing, too, by the way. I, yeah? My dad would go to a, um, a, a 12-step meeting on Friday and leave me alone in the house with my mom. And so she'd be passed out watching uh-huh. when the History Channel was the Hitler Channel. So it was just World War II documentaries. <laughs> Hitler Palooza. Exactly. Or she'd be wired and playing solitaire by herself or playing games <sighs> of bridge and canasta at herself. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, just like, just shuffling cards. Yeah. And um, I would be in the, the front room and I would watch that TGIF Fridays. Uh-huh. And, you know, it was like dinosaurs no, and Full House. And this is the second time that lineup's come up on this podcast. I have a <laughs> This is where the addiction was born, right? Here. And I would take a, uh, a family-sized bag of Ruffles potato chips and that just Costco size of paste picante in a tiny bowl and go into the living room and just pour that salsa all night. It's like, hit me, hit me, hit me, and just eat, just eat the whole bag in one sitting. Yeah. And at one point, my dad caught me doing this behavior and tried to like rustle the ruffles away from me. And you me. were like, not the mama, not the mama. Yeah, I was like, no, <laughs> don't take it away. It was like, a yeah, definitely not the mama moment. It was amazing. It was amazing. And he, 
it went on for years, years. So I've always had like a weird, the weird, because he was a eat pie in the middle of the night and cry by himself kind of a guy. Right. So he's a big fella. Yeah. You know, as they say, you put down the spoon and you pick up the fork. That <laughs> I just don't know why you did that exit. <laughs> I don't know why I had to do it. <laughs> when what, I, what a whimsical <laughs> way to say when you stop doing heroin, <laughs> you eat food. There's a lot of really stupid. I was afraid you didn't pick up any of those like real silly. Uh, no, I just never heard that one. You've never one. heard that one. Yeah, oh, that's a, that's a good one. That's usually that's a fun one. That's a, yeah, yeah. Because you see a lot of people, they get clean and they're just like, I'm gonna eat my way through yeah. all my feelings. And Which is generally fine because them getting fat usually just makes them look like a normal person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We did have one guy. Uh, rest in peace, Bob. He uh, had <laughs> diabetes. Uh, and I, he would kind of, especially the girls in the mating, he was really old. He had like two canes and he would <laughs> lean over and say, two canes, two canes, <laughs> he two canes. Um, <laughs> and he would, uh, be like, Hey sweetie, can you get me a piece of cake? And all his sponsees would be like, cause they, they knew it would be code to stop us, uh-huh. but they also knew that he had just the diabetes that would kill him. Yeah. And sure enough, we'd give him a piece of cake. Let him have the cake. You killed the guy. I'm a murderer. Cake murderer. <laughs> cake murderer. Cake murderer. It's on after Cake Boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same. Cake assassin. <laughs> That's the best Food Network show ever. I wish there was like a Food Network after dark. Oh, where it gets fucking real? Yeah, where it gets real and you get to see... Because a lot of chefs, by the way, are alcoholics. So you can just oh, yeah. see what happens when they're just like doing lines of coke in the back of the kitchen. <laughs> I'm picturing Guy Fieri like banging two chickens together. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to make them fuck, make a nacho baby. <laughs> that's perfect. That is perfect. I feel like that's how he got his hair. He's the <laughs> one with the crazy hair, right? Yeah. yeah it sure is. Do you want kids? Uh, Are you afraid of passing it on? I don't. I'm I don't. Afraid I, of passing I, I, it genetically, on. absolutely not. I don't want to make a baby. Uh, that's not. Yeah, no, thank you. There's like, there's nothing good in my gene pool to pass on. Shut really. the fuck up. No, I, I'm not saying that shittily. Like, I think I have things. Ex- like, I think personality wise, I have things that I can give to a human, and I think like emotionally, I have things I can give to a human. Physically speaking, my family on both sides is not particularly a attractive. Uh, B healthy uh see not addicted to heroin uh so these none of these are things i want to give to like a, a fucking baby i will argue you're a good looking man you will argue incorrect no i i i'm look i'm I exag- mean, I I'm know exaggerating you make a, the comedy bucks off of calling yourself no and i'm exaggerating a little bit but. because it's a knee-jerk reaction because again i don't know how to love myself but fuck re- you take but, the compliment but regardless so like so let's leave attractiveness off of there okay there's health issues there's okay. weight issues that run all the way through my family mm. there's and the biggest one is the addiction issues and the mental health issues mm. i don't want to make another crazy addict i just don't i don't yeah. i'd rather take so and also there's already so many fucking kids there's so you know there's a kid out there who's bummed out you know i'd rather help him out than make another fucking fat person like we have enough we're good on fat people do you want a little a little baby adopted person or like a six-year-old so what i'm saying is like I don't know if I would even do that, mm. but I definitely don't want to have, don't want to make one. Okay. I would maybe consider adopting one. I uh, I used to be very gung ho about like I'm gonna have babies someday, oh. and now I'm just like fuck that shit. How does Chelsea feel about it? 
Um, she, uh, what's funny is we're kind of, we're kind of growing in the opposite directions on it. Yeah, a little she bit. marches towards 30. That that biological clock is a yeah. real deal. Yeah, I mean, we're both on the same page as far as the adoption. She, she said she'll absolutely never have a baby, like, out mm. of her puss. So that's uh, fine. That works out well. Um, but we, uh, yeah, I mean, she said she would consider adopting someday. I would consider adopting someday. Truthfully, I feel like I'm moving closer to no. She's moving closer to yes. Mm. feel like that's a fight we'll have later. But or maybe we'll sync up. I don't know how it works. Maybe like yeah. periods or something. Yeah, exactly. Like our vaginas will start bleeding. You get it. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. Totally, totally understand. Yeah. Um, what would you if you were parenting yourself? Right. This is some real ACA weird shit I'm getting into <sighs> okay. right now. Um, and I forgot to ask you. I forgot to put this down. Did you ever go to Al-Anon, Alateen, any of those things? No. No. They didn't no. make you do that. No, I, uh, by the time my mom was, like, properly, like, doing program shit, like, I was, like, an adult. I was, yeah. Like, I was out on my own doing stuff. In comedy, having norms. Yeah. Hanging out. Um, what would you do differently for yourself? You know? I mean, pretty obvious. Well, here's the problem. People always ask this question, like, not just about this, but just in general. This is a thing people love, the idea of, like, what could you go back and change? Well, and also, what would you keep? Because there's things about my childhood I would totally keep. I don't, there's things I don't know if I have a great answer because I don't know if I want. I, I really like who I am. Like, I really like the person I ended up. I really Yay. like the things about me. And I don't know I don't know what piece you take away to make me not have a twitch or what piece you put back in that would make me, like, good at football. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know what you move around that changes certain things. I don't want to see you play football. Yeah, so I don't, <laughs> so don't want to be like, oh, I went back in time and, like, uh, I didn't get slapped as much and now I'm Hitler. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I, I don't think it's how it works, but you understand what I'm saying. No, what I mean is, like, what what's a little bit of kindness you would have given to yourself? Like, if you were... If you, the, the reparenting bullshit, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm bad at this. Um, That's okay. I, I went to like three ACA meetings and just cried the entire time because I had a real rough patch in my recovery and I wasn't willing to look at it. And uh, apparently that's what a lot of people do. They yeah. go to those meetings and just hysterically cry. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. Yeah. Would have been nice to have somebody telling me it wasn't my fault. Yeah, it's not your fault. Do this to me, man. <laughs> I'll go to hunting the shit out of you right now. Don't even. <laughs> but no, but that's, I think that's yeah. the best answer I have for that. You're the best, Keith. Yeah. Them's all my questions. All right, we did it. Yeah, do you have any questions for me? Uh, the first person no. I've ever asked that. Uh, oh, it's gonna be really disappointing when I say no. No, I'm just <laughs> no, okay. no, I no, I will. How many of these podcasts have you done so far? This is uh, you would be my fifth recording. So, what have you have you what have you learned? What's the biggest thing you've like sort of figured out either about yourself or about other people since you started doing it, or is it all kind of confirming things you already knew? Um, uh, that's a. Mm. That's a good question. I, that, hmm. Or is there like one thing that's like surprised you that you expected it to go one way with people and they've reacted a different way or something like that? Well, I, yeah, I haven't released them yet. And 
And yeah, I think the reason why I ask about the fear and anxiety thing Mm -hmm. uh, and the forgiveness stuff is because universally people sort of respond, even people who are have their shit together Mm. or presume to have their shit together kind of all respond with not well. Yeah. And that's what I've found is a theme. And and you're the first non-addict person that I've interviewed. Uh And um, you're probably the the only person is like yeah it's fine whatever and i think that might be the the line of demarcation is there's a certain there's certain triggers right for folks like me where we just don't deal with fear and anxiety in a constructive way like our coping mechanisms i think are are broken yeah. and as far as like stuff i found in myself is that i'm more open-minded than i thought because I used to be like a one program, super rigid tradition something. And I've learned that if I want to encompass this whole experience, right. I'm going to have to talk to people with all sorts of different issues. And totally. Because I want it to be a, an open forum. I don't want it to be a podcast for me and my 15, you know, specific program friends right. who always Ex- agree with me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Preaching to the choir is boring. You yeah. Wanna, so you boring. You want differing voices because then you take shit from those voices. You work it into your experience and then you turn to something cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's... Yeah. And I'm glad you shared this because I know that there are adults right now dealing with parents having you know having their addiction issues i know it's something that we've kind of both talked about and um i know i kind of gave you my theory about i think my mom my mom's job was to bring a tough crazy quirky weird girl into the world and once she once she saw that she did that well she was like cool you know i'm out i'm out I was. I actually. I know we talked about that before. Me and Ch- yeah. I, me and Chelsea were talking about this whole situation with my mom right now. I actually brought that up, and that was sort of what I figured. Like, kind of the similar thing of like maybe this is like my mom being like, "All right, I did what I had to do, and now I can, you know, put my feet spiral up. out." Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a sad way to look at it, but. I don't think it's a sad way because you're a brilliant, amazing person, and I assume your siblings are also brilliant and amazing. Yeah, I like them. Yeah. This is cool. So Thanks cool. so much for doing this. Yeah. No You're the best, Keith. Ah, you Muppet bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye.